UFC Fight Night on Fox 12 is in the books, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside of the cage. I don't know why more fighters don't do it. I am your host, Kevin. With me, the man that spoke to MMA greatness this week, Rafa Sparza. How are you doing this evening? I'm fine. Obviously, you're not MMA greatness. You're the person that spoke to MMA greatness. You had the chance to interview a young up-and-comer by the name of, oh, what was it? <laughs> Rhymes with Dixon. Uh, Hickson Gracie, am I getting that correct? You are. How was the interview? You know, Hickson was awesome to talk to. Uh, we have a great interview that will probably be coming out in the... I think September edition of Jits Magazine, and we had a really good two-hour conversation um, that will be condensed for that, and then he was nice enough to indulge doing a dumb interview with me afterwards. Were there two uh, jiu-jitsu ninjas on either side no. just for security? Okay, I'm just asking no. questions that are does, routine. Does Hickson need security? Is that what no. you're trying to imply? No, here? I just assumed it's how you had to get your black belt if you're in his gym. <laughs> you had to spend no. a year as brown belt as one of his personal ninjas. No, um, although I did have to sub six different people to make it to the interview. Uh, and when I couldn't do the first, they were like, alright, well you still get the interview, but you really suck. <laughs> uh, I, no, it would have been awesome if he kept <laughs> choking out your cameraman. <laughs> if he's like, fair, oh, this guy! There is a real fear at any given moment that if he didn't like the interview, I was like, he's going to choke me. He is going to end my life if he doesn't like this question. No, no, no. That can be further from the truth. Hickson is great. He's obviously starting this uh, new federation, the Jiu-Jitsu Global Federation. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's uh, – Kevin, I'm not lying to you when I say it is ambitious. I believe it's ambitious. I say about I say about this new federation as I say about most new jiu-jitsu formats. Good luck. It's going to be tough, but I'll be watching. So <laughs> I don't know how else to can't wait to see it. Is that is that fair? Where are you at? You know, it's cool to get Hickson explaining it to you. They have a lot that they want to do. It's a multi-tiered plan, so we're really just we haven't even seen phase 1. We've talked about it. And, uh, you know, you've seen Hickson. He's made appearances on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, Talking with Eddie Bravo. Mm-hmm. He was on Inside BJJ. He just recently did a thing with Budo Jake. So there's there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that he's he's talking about now. And I would say probably the best aspect of his media tour right now is there's accessibility to Hickson that we, we haven't heard in a long time. So there's a lot of exclusives that all of these publications are getting. I mean, Budo Jake got him to show – aspects of invisible jiu-jitsu which is amazing because seeing him explain it is something that it's not really as caught on tape like you see everybody now everybody has an instructional everybody has dvds or or youtube clips of everything that they do and there's just this aspect of his game that we really don't have as much footage aside from the fights really so getting access to that is really cool and and i got to ask him some really cool questions that there was at least three times when I just kind of went, I'm just curious. <laughs> I just want to ask you this. And he would answer honestly. And uh, it was it was a real pleasure to get to interview him. So I'm looking forward to writing the article and condensing it all down. And yeah. uh, 
you know, um, okay, it'll be last, really, really cool. Last question. You two yeah. shake hands. You've seen that scene in Space Jam where they touch the basketball and they all get their powers okay. back. Did you feel that when you guys shook hands? Did all of a sudden, like, you were like, God, I could go more at anyone. I'm feeling good. No, Kevin, I okay. did not. I, that's I, a stupid thing. I'm asking think. the questions people would have asked. I'm asking no, the top five not. questions here, Ref. I'm being very professional. I'll tell you this much, Kevin. Hmm. I, while driving home, I was supposed to go train that night. Uh, but the interview went a, a good amount of time where – I was I was exhausted by that. I was kind of like, man. Plus, driving in the 405 traffic. I'd like to say this too. This is also the day that President Obama decided to come and do a fundraiser here in Los Angeles, which renders all of L.A. just insane for traffic. Yeah. It's the worst fucking traffic. Democracy, and on my ways, baby. on my ways, Kevin, the application that tells you current live updates on traffic, <laughs> I got no less. Then nine falling objects that were notifying. I thought it'd be different if somebody said, hey, there's one falling object. No big deal. No, nine fucking times there was fucking Ooh. debris. And it made me think, why isn't this person closing their fucking trunk? Or, oh, my God, use a fucking yeah. lever to latch that fucking shit. No, 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 no. On top of President Obama coming and creating a media storm of crazy and nonsense. <laughs> Okay. There's also people who are fucking throwing shit out of their cars or having it fall out. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. So anyway, uh, on my way back home, and it took a while to get back home, I just decided, I was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to make training tonight. And I'm a little tired, so maybe I shouldn't. And when I go to update my BJJTrainingJournal.com, I take a moment and I go, did I train today? Yeah. I mean – I didn't physically train, but I did interview Emotionally. Hickson. Yeah. I feel like I can put I did train today. Absolutely. Um, now, now while driving home after shaking his hand, did I feel like nobody could touch me in jiu-jitsu? Yeah, for a day. But it's kind of like okay. you get a star <laughs> in Super Mario Brothers, but you know it's only going to last for so long because the next uh-huh. day is normal. So whatever. Uh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, can't wait. You were interviewing him for Jits Magazine. Can't wait to see the article. It should be coming out in September. We'll be screaming about it when it comes out. But last night, Lawler made a statement, Raph, and that statement was he wants to fight Johnny Hendricks again. Oh, I thought it was that he was super hungry. I thought that was the statement. <laughs> well, let's talk about this because I've never liked Robbie Lawler more than when I saw the picture and – Here's what Robbie Lawler tweeted out. He was like a uh, finally post-fight meal. Or maybe it was mm-hmm. his corner. Matt Hughes was the, actually the one. that, right. And it was just this two boxes of cupcakes that looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Big boxes. Like 24 cupcakes sitting out on this table. And a box of In-N-Out double-doubles. Yeah, fuck yes. Like, fuck yes. God, it looked good. I, can we... Oh, I'm all, I wanted a cupcake really badly, but I've never liked Lawler more. That's what I would do yeah. as soon as I got done fighting. I was very proud of him to begin with. Um, people ask me, they're like, who are you rooting for uh, in this fight? And I said, I don't care. I like both of these guys. I like Matt Brown a lot. And as I was saying that, especially as we got closer to the fight, I kept thinking, you know, I actually like Robbie Lawler. I want him to kind of win this. 
And people said, why do you want him to win? I, I told them, I go, well, dude gave Johnny Hendricks a hell of a fight. He's insanely fought three times in the past 120 plus days. Yeah, no shit. I mean, he has my respect. So, yeah, why not? And he loves fucking vanilla cupcakes. He's the man. Mm-hmm. Um, great fight. My question to you after Ariel Hawani made it very clear that Dana had said, if this fight goes five rounds, I'll walk home. Which is somewhere around 693 miles back to Vegas. A, do you think he's walking home? B, were you surprised it went all five rounds? Waller Mm. versus Matt Brown, of course. For some reason, I felt it would. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I... I had the inverse of what everybody else was thinking where, yes, these guys both have knockout power, but I just had this suspect feeling that they they would both be too good at what they do and that they wouldn't necessarily get knockout punches. And it wasn't like they were holding back. And that fifth round, that's your ideal fifth round for two people who want to advance in that division. They came out. And they didn't waste any time. It was no patty cake, no fucking, all right, I'm going to jab here and see what it was. They fucking were going for a knockout punch the entire time. So I'm very happy to see that that result. And you know what? When Robbie Lawler won, I said, man, I cannot wait to see Hendricks and him part two. Dude has no earned shit. it. So, yeah, if, if he wants to be a fat kid and go get some cupcakes, more power <laughs> to you, dude. Because Lawler's – now at this point where he fought so many times it sounds like he's going to be waiting and even in his post press interviews he was saying he expects to fight early next year which would probably be enough time for Johnny Hendricks to recover maybe at the Super Bowl pre-fight I don't know maybe Ooh, good timing and great fight from Matt Brown I, I did think Lawler won I was actually really surprised Matt Brown can take a fucking punch Jesus so can Lawler Matt got some really good strikes and I thought Matt looked better than better than I had ever seen him, which is a, good, a compliment. He just fought a really good opponent. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun to see how that division shapes up. I think Matt Brown's going to be obviously around for a little while, and I can't wait to see. I think Lawler's going to win the title. I think he's got the momentum now. Well, as Dana White said, and I thought this was an interesting phrasing as well, while talking with Ariel, he said, uh, how does Matt Brown not advance despite losing in the rankings? So if you think about it, who is left in that ranking category, Kevin? Do you know that category intimately yet? No, I don't know it intimately. Uh, If he's saying he's supposed to be advanced, you know that would put him past Carlos Condit on the rankings, yes? Um, Let's not be fucking hasty. Uh, I don't think he needs to. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm intimate with a few fighters in that division. And let's breathe deep before we're moving him ahead of Carlos Condit, who had an accident that is probably the only thing that – an injury, a freak accident that kept him from beating up on Tyrone Woodley, which I'm sure he would do part two. So let's just all – before we go moving him up, he uh, still lost to Lawler. That note. Well, here are the rankings as is. It goes Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald, Carlos Condon, Tyrone Woodley, and Matt Brown. So if you're Matt Brown, you're already at five. Does that put you ahead of Tyrone Woodley? Does that put you against Carlos Condon? Does that put you at even level with Rory McDonald? And does a fight between Matt Brown and Rory McDonald make sense? 
Um, no, not as I would love to watch Condit and Brown. Now that you say it, but well, that would it would make did. sense. Rory needs a fight. Rory just beat up Tyrone Woodley, so Rory is going to face either Matt Brown or Carlos Condit. In theory, we know how these things work. The rankings, especially that kind of fucking division. So. Yeah, I'm sure Condit's going to end up fighting fucking Patrick Cummins if, if it all goes according to plan. I'm sure it will. Um, great fight though in the main card. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, Clay Guida. Okay. Loses. Are you bypassing Rumble Johnson? Oh, I. I was giving it exactly all of the seconds that the fight had, which was three. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I should have said it out loud. You know, the tweet that we had that got the most attention yesterday was as follows. And I, I hope you forgive me, Kevin. This is um, this is kind of a mean joke, okay? Okay. Okay. The joke read, damn, damn, son. Johnson hit Nog so hard, his receding hairline went back another inch and a half. <laughs> now, I've written mean jokes in my <laughs> And it's one where I almost didn't post it. But I felt it was the most truth. Uh, <laughs> damn. I'm sorry, I had gone, I had completely skipped this fight because I forgot it happened. It was only, you know. 44 seconds or so, <laughs> give or take. So it was hard to remember. Uh, I think you're fine posting that because it was such a vicious, violent knockout. Is it safe to say that when that fight happened, it's one of those fights we look at in retrospect and think, oh no, how did that ever happen? Why did they think this was a good fight? I don't think it's safe to say anything about that fight for fear that Johnson will come and pummel us in the face about it. Um, I, <laughs> I was just terrified for Nog about six seconds in because I think 44 seconds, which is what the official guy did, is kind of generous. It felt like it was over 20, 22 seconds after it started, give or take. Just took uh, him a while to call it. Hold on, Kev. I'm sorry. The official UFC time was uh, at time of closed door. So it was an actual negative five seconds into the fight that it was called. <laughs> they were like, it was actually didn't even start yet. It's shocking. It's the second shortest knockout in UFC history. Um, well, Anthony looks great <laughs> at 185. So maybe you should stick up there and uh, see how it goes. That was a sh- That was a shocking defeat. It hurt. To watch Nog go down like that. Other than that, amazing, great, uh, obviously. And, okay, do you feel this way, Kevin? We we did talk about this, and I think you and I both co-signed this. Are you okay with them just bypassing DC and allowing Anthony Rumble Johnson to take on John Jones? I'm actually completely for it. Now, why are you for it? Well, because it would just piss off Daniel Cormier as much as possible. And I just love to see him back. He was a mess. He did not handle being uh, both a fighter and a personal, like, and a call guy last night. It was just mostly, he just kept talking about his fight with John Jones, basically. It's been this way for a while. And I haven't had such an issue with it before. It's slowly been building. But now, when you get DC on the commentary booth, I felt like every 
segment, there were at least two mentions of his fight against John Jones. And I couldn't tell midway through the telecast if they were trying to convince us or themselves that that's a fight that's worthy of anything. And it's not that it isn't, because on paper, DC's wrestling is top-notch. John Jones is elusive. He's able to kind of work with people. He finds crazy angles. It sounds like a great fight. But when you hear Cormier talk about that fight, I get less excited about it because it sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> he was jacked up about it. That's what I know. Um, I I think Rumble looks great, obviously. I don't think we're going to get our wish that he's going to fight John Jones in September. So we should just kind Not of yet. make peace with it. We ha- I have made a certain kind of peace with it, and it's fine. Oh, I was like, you don't sound like you've completely given up, and I like your spirit. Speaking <laughs> of not completely given up, Clay Guida fought as hard as he could against a mean-looking Dennis Bermudez that finally secures in the rear naked choke, finishes the fight in the second round. Bermudez had punished Clay Guida a lot, and Clay Guida's no, sou- no slouch in the cage. He still looked good. He still looked as ferocious as ever, but damn. Do you think this was more how good Bermudez is, or do you think Clay m- might be losing a step? Uh, hard to say. I mean, Clay's always been a wild man, so I don't know how you tell when a wild man is less of an athlete because he's still crazily running out to the ring like the Ultimate Warrior. And even when he did get submitted, Kevin... The second after he tapped, he got up and ran back to his side of the fucking cage. Like, yeah, he did. I saw that. He just that's got fucking up insane. It's like he doesn't even process. He can't take a moment to just sit down and relax. Like the fight's over, dude. You can. Nope. You want to get up and run? Cool. Let's do it. Like he's just a different caliber of human being. That is so refreshing to see in, in the octagon. So I have no problem seeing him fight. Uh, but Bermuda's, and you and I talked about this, and I really like this. It is truly a uh, tenet and an aspect of jiu-jitsu, which is you get a crazy opponent like Clay Guida that's just crazy fast. He Unpredictable striking. Hard to predict, both on striking and how – he's more predictable with his wrestling, I'll say that. But just his movement is very hard to really get a grasp for. And yet Bermuda stayed calm and was able to work around that, kind of worked around the takedowns. And when he ended up getting his back, I said, "Uh, I'm going to bet on Bermuda's here. Yeah, no shit. I I just felt like Bermuda's owned it from strike one to strike last. He was, um, he was all about it. He had his game on. So nicely done. Bermudez, Bobby Green wins decision over Josh Thompson. Bloody fight, rough fight, but it felt like Bobby Green had won. Do you agree? I think so. Um, Josh Thompson may not. Josh Thompson definitively doesn't agree, and uh, neither does a lot of the hometown audience that was there to support Josh Thompson. But he'll be bad. Josh, you're going to be fine. It was a great fight. People are going to want to watch you fight again, so you'll be good to go. It's hard Bleeding because... everywhere. Bleeding the, everywhere. The two of them were fighting similar in a, a sense where I did think Bobby had an advantage 
for the majority of the fight, even as I was watching it, I said, eh, this hometown crowd isn't going to be happy with this. Um, it's just hard. I mean, it, it's a trigger fight. I mean, pulling the trigger and really making the difference between finishing it, that's that's really what you have to say on that fight is both really, really high caliber athletes. I still feel if we saw that match again today, it could be a little different. I don't know. It, it's hard to say, but yes, I, I thought Bobby Green did win it. All in all, though, fun night of fights. Really fun night of fights. We're going to talk to Tim Means here shortly, who will fill us in about his fight. Good undercard. A lot of things going on, and the main card. Like, this was better than some of the pay-per-views have been. This was a really good card. I was very happy with it. Um, I went from the preliminary card on. Uh, I didn't see any of the the fight pass stuff yet. But uh, let's, let's acknowledge something. Patrick... Uh, Cummins? Is that what we're calling? Every time I say his name, I want to say cumin, like what you add to food. Patrick Cummins. Uh, But Patrick Cummins, he's, I think he was able to prove a great sense of wrestling. It was impressive, so much to the point where Kyle Kingsbury retired after fighting him. Yeah. So I, I think it's... You know, I'm still a little weary on his, his shit talking and whatnot. He might be somebody that's great for us to talk to. We may have to reach out to him. Uh, but he's – there's something that I'm not completely on board with yet just uh, from what he's talking about. But yesterday, his in-cage work was was very impressive to say the least. So that, we're going to talk with Tim. Brian Ortega, the submission win. His rear naked choke was – man, talk about black belt pressure, Kevin. That was – he had under the chin and you felt bad for Michael De La Torre because you said no. I've, <laughs> I've been there. I know that. Oh, oh, then you just start having bad flashbacks. Uh, that shit is painful. I just – and we'll, we'll talk about it uh, at the very end. But let's just say uh, I went over to Brent's uh, – Brent Berniston's uh, Subconscious Jiu-Jitsu Academy and I got to roll with him. And I I immediately had flashbacks to maybe two hours earlier where I said, no, no, <laughs> Brent, bad pressure, neck doesn't, like, go away, tap, please. <laughs> so it was a very strange thing to, to see that as the first fight. But yeah, like you said, great fights, really excited. And Mazdevault, of all the people in the post-presser, won the post-presser. He was hysterical. People asked if he got knocked out at the very beginning of the fight, and he said, nah, I was just playing it up for TV. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's just what we wanted to hear. You weren't taking it. Never mind. Not going to get into a pro wrestling stance here. Hey, you want to go talk to Tim Means? Yeah, why not? Abs- why not? Absolutely. We'll be right back with Tim Means. Verbal Tap fans, we have fresh off of a fantastic fight, a brutal victory that went to a unanimous decision. We have on the line with us UFC fighter Tim Means. Tim, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. You said you were relaxing with your nephews. Um, Is that a location-based because of where the fights were, or is that always your post-fight ritual? 
Um, you know, just made it back home and just came over to see the family. Uh, you know, the nephews right away saying I won and uh, better than coming home and them handing me their sorry notes for me losing. You know, so good to flip flip the tables this time around and uh, and and uh, just kind of. Uh, uh, hang out with the guys, you know. Hang out. I'd kids. like to stop you here. Do you? Did you just say sorry notes? Sorry uh, notes. Yeah, That's like, the cutest. Yeah. Do they write notes for you in the event of a loss? Yeah, they they have, man. Like, uh, you know, I came home and he had like a th- Danny had like a three page letter written out for me saying, "Keep my head up high." You know, it's it's okay to lose, and you know, it's cool to get a W for him, so they know that. Uh, you know, even when you lose, you still got to try on the next one, you know? That's amazing. I was going to say, that's the most adorable thing I've ever heard <laughs> in a post fight. Like, I've never heard another fighter say that they get those notes. That's really cool. That's hilarious. Yeah, the nephews and nieces are cool, man. They, uh, they, they keep you trucking, you know? So how much better is the day after the fight? You were mentioning that it's kind of like this calm after the storm. How much better is it after a victory? Um, you know, it's good. It's good, but uh, you know, I, I came over here, watch the fight, and see things I still need to fix. Um, you know, I was happy that, that that I changed levels in the fights and, and got a takedown and made him made him block some takedowns. So you know, the, those things are clicking. But I still have to uh, stop making some errors, and you know, I just have high standards for myself and uh, just want to get better each time out. Absolutely determined too. Go ahead, Rep. I want to say, you know, part of the reason why we really, really want to talk with you, and not just with the awesome fights that we've seen you in the UFC, but yesterday's performance was in particular really awesome to see you make not just a comeback, but a game plan adaptation within the rounds. Uh, you know, walk us through the first round. What was something that you didn't expect uh, for Harani there? Um, you know, you get a lot of talk from guys that they say they're going to come knock you out and make you walk backwards. And, uh, you know, usually it's, it's the opposite and it, for me in my fights, I'm walking those guys down and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take the opponent out and they're going backwards a lot. So he came right out and got in my face and, um, no excuses, man. We didn't, we didn't get a long enough time to warm up in the back. I got like seven minutes, you know, it took him a while to wrap my hands and, I didn't get as good of a work workout in, so it took, or a warm up in, so it took me a minute to warm up. But uh, once I got going, uh, I felt warm and I felt like things were falling into place. So um, uh, going, I always go back to I have to do something better in the next fight, and you know I just seen spots I could add some kicks in and um, some level changes. So you know working a lot of wrestling with Coach John Judy here in Albuquerque, and uh, wrestling footwork is the same with your striking footwork. So if you get where you can blend everything together, you're you're, you're a bad cat and you know, I, I really want I really want that style. So, um, hats off to my coach John Judy. My hats off to to my striking coach Arlene Sanchez Vaughn and and Coach Tom Vaughn. Um, they expect a lot out of me, and I expect it of myself. And you know, it's just starting to work out that way. I do like that you were saying that they were trying to wrap your hands, and that that you know you don't want to blame them for anything, but. When they're taking a little long to wrap the hands, what's going through your head? Are you looking at them like, can we move this along, guys? Uh... <laughs> Really like to get on the mats real quick. Uh, no um, rush. You only got a big fight coming up. You know, you, you got to stay calm, man. Like nobody knew. Um, I I have two hurt knuckles that you know I went into the fight with. So you know, you got to stay mentally tough, and and you can't you can't be making the crybaby issues. You know, you got to look past it. 
uh, dig down and get through the 15 minutes. And uh, they wrapped my hands a little late, but they had come and asked me prior a little earlier. And next time I know when they come to ask, you know, there's, the guys are stretched out so thin and they're working their butts off and we have excellent, excellent guys, you know, Rob Monroe and, and House and the guys that are wrapping our hands. They just have so many guys to work with and they're running in so many directions. Next time they come and ask me to get my hands uh, wrapped up, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to say yes. There you go. And I'm curious about your adaptation. Maybe the hand had something to do with it because we kind of got some commentary during the fight that it was like maybe his left hand is a little busted up. So we, we weren't sure, but it seemed like that. Did you adjust to throw the jab more and a lot more of those body kicks as a result of the hands or was that just part of the game plan? Um, funny, funny thing is, man, is it was my jab hand that the hand is hurt, those two knuckles, you know, and I seem to use it more and I, I seem to go to some kicks. So I don't know if, uh, I was just trying to keep, just having to keep him at range and keep him from smothering me or, or what it really was. But whenever I opened my mind to, uh, working more tools, you know, the, I, I just felt like I moved better in the fight and we've been working that exact game plan or I, I don't really like to say game plan. Uh, we've been working those those reaction drills and it just really panned out and i knew with just my hand bruised up a little bit or hurt a little bit uh wasn't going to stop me from using my other tools and it forced me to kind of i had to shoot a takedown early because dude jumped on me and you know it might have been in the back of my head to get into those stories i might hurt my hand early so i shot a takedown it was kind of crazy because i shot the takedown and I, we were like on the ground quick like i blinked and we were on the ground and i forgot to hold his ass down i was like oh crap we hit the, we hit the ground you know and uh, it, it was just, it, you know, right. It was a little, it was a little surprising. So with the hand being hurt and just, uh, coaching and help, help push the fact to be mentally tough. I wasn't even really thinking about my hand when I got in there. I was just trying to react. Love it. I would have been probably crying with Raph making snide comments between each one because the hand, that's a lot of pressure to go through. Had you worked a lot on, and it seemed like the kicks to the body and the variation of the kicks was maybe just a little bit more than we've seen in your previous fights, how much work have you been doing and what's it like to see those during the fight when you're trying to throw those kicks? Um, you know, Coach Arlene, you know, she we, we really uh, got together this camp and uh, she made me move. She made me remove my legs, check kicks. Uh, I know when I get over there and talk to her, she's going to be mad that I took a few too many kicks in the fourth round or in the third round. Crap, I think we did four or five rounds in my head. But uh, uh, three in, in the third round, I took too many kicks. So I know she's going to be drilling me and uh, she's going to talk a little trash to me about taking those leg kicks. So um, <laughs> things things really started uh, just to click. You know, I'd remove and put a jab or a strike out in his face. And um, just the style that you need to uh, to stand out and – I, I feel a lot of guys like to do the lay and pray style, but I feel uh, to, to to get wins wins on points. But I feel with adding in a couple of my own takedowns, uh, I could take guys off their game and start dictating my own pace. And you know, my coaches are are, are really really trying to uh, instill that that thought pattern. That's fantastic. Um, any crazy moments that happen in addition to? Uh, we always like to ask, especially at the night of these bigger events, and it was a great card. Did you have any crazy moments outside of the tape? Like, did all of a sudden Steven Seagal drop in the locker room or something? Uh, no, nah, man. Uh, Just a standard in the fight. Room. We, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty uh, normal night, you know. Burt Watts is back there 
doing this crazy chant and getting the fighters pumped up and uh, he he has a crazy speech he gives out for the fights, but it just puts you in the mood. And I swear that dude's got to have like some like throat exercises or something with the way he uses. Yeah, like I don't know how to explain, man. It's unbelievable. But he just gets you in fight mode. And uh, but other other than Bert putting you down, uh, you know Johnson was in the back whenever he had uh, got his big knockout, you know, over Noguera. The Johnson, right? The big dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was back there. So we had the cameras back there in his face and his entourage and coaches and stuff. So it, it, it's cool to see a guy like that that's worked through um, adversity and you know he's really come back around. You know, it's, it's easy to it, it's easy to uh, to want to watch guys like that fight. He's he's gone through a lot and now he's starting to uh, put dudes down and you know that that's cool. I gotta ask this because you know you were away from the UFC for a heartbeat, but. When you are coming back, is that a concern? Like, where are you mentally when you are coming back to the UFC? Um, I knew it was something that I wanted. As, as soon uh, as soon as I got the phone call saying I was cut, I was like, man, I know I can do better. Um, I had a, had a tough go with, you know, the stupid-ass sauna and all that crap and uh, just – doing things the stupid way, you know, I, I really wanted to buckle down and show that, you know, I have changed from my drug addiction days and I do take MMA serious. I take my weight cut serious. Um, you know, I, I work hard at this. So to get a couple fights into somewhere where everybody wants to be and, and you want to be, um, it, it, it's, it's tough to lose that. So to, uh, I, I, I didn't think they'd call me back as soon as they did, but, you know, Joe Silva talked to the manager that I had at the time. He said that uh, it, it wasn't a performance issue. It was me making it 155, and I sat around and thought about it, and I really didn't like cutting all that weight. You know, it, it wasn't fun anymore, and it made it made fighting it made fighting hunt uh, hard, and I, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. So to get to move up in weight and take being at the fights and, and going through photos and crap even when they're painting your face with makeup you know you just take the moment in and you're like hey you know i'm where i want to be and i'm i'm doing what i want to do in my life i don't have to punch a time clock and be somewhere where i don't want to be and uh i was gonna ask you know for you you know what is the difference now what is there something maybe in particular was it just the idea of, of getting the UFC and then maybe not having that and maybe the fear of having that? What was it that maybe the, the light switched on for you? Um, well, before mixed martial arts, you know, my, I, I was in jail or I was in prison my first, my first holidays, all that stuff. And I don't have felonies, but I had a family friend that was a judge that, you know, I was lying to and he made an example out of me, showed me that, you know, don't lie to me. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to send me to prison on misdemeanors and I called home on this, on this one holiday and my nephew Gino answered the phone and his first question was, Hey, Uncle Tim, are you still in jail? And, you know, mm. right there, I realized that these guys are looking up to me, my nephew Julian, uh, um, I realized that my actions could lead them right down the same path I was going and, you know, be future criminals, you know? And so when I got out, when I got out of jail, you know, that, that was just the thing. I needed some money and I, and I took a fight and it was something that I liked to do. And my nephews were like, Oh, cool. That's awesome. And <laughs> it was something that, that like I could turn into a career and I could actually make it a long-term thing for me, you know, without having to, I'm not really a guy that can go to college and 
sitting class ADD or whatever I have, I can't focus, you know, but mixed martial arts, you know, I, I have something to work towards and, you know, I like, I like my nephews looking up to me in a different light and me not being a criminal and, uh, poisoning, poisoning the, 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 young, the youngsters in our family, you know? That's good, man. I, oh, is there ever a moment when you just think like people pay me to punch this guy in the face? <laughs> Uh, you know, that that's a cool incentive, yeah, you know. I'm like, I'm going to go home and pay my house payment now. That's badass, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling my nephews and my nieces to come be mixed martial artists. You know, I want them to get an education and do do things the proper way. You know, I'm, I'm a hard head. I, I always use that saying. I've had to learn things the hard way. But um, if I were to just listen to my mom and dad and listen to, uh, you know, some individuals that were older than me at the time or, or – you know, are older than me right now, but I just thought I was smarter than I guess. And uh, if I would have just shut up and listened, I could have put myself in a much better place. And uh, well, I got, I'm in a cool spot now, but where I was going through, prison, I was going to say, had to go, yeah, I kind of had to go that route to really be like, oh my God, you're right. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I have to backpedal on a bunch of actions that I did and to make up for that. How? How do you find mixed martial arts helps you bridge the gap from a, a life change perspective? Because Raf and I are both jujitsu people, and we and we absolutely love it for those reasons. But especially someone sort of struggling with the different things you were struggling with, how much of it is is MMA the activity that keeps your attention? Um, well, the fact that I get to get into fights is is right up my alley. You know. Uh, just the fact, fact to get to test somebody and, and get that pride and, and win those exchanges is, is cool for me because, you know, it's everyday frustrations that, that for, for an individual like myself, you know, you, I, I could be standing in line at a grocery store and somebody's just having a bad day and rude as shit and you're like, come on, man, come on, dude, you could say excuse me, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, something. But it's the way people talk to individuals nowadays, like, uh, I, I don't, the whole disrespecting when you're wind up in jail, you're going through the word bitch and these words that are pretty blunt and, and straightforward, you know, those were fighter words for me for the longest time. So, um, now I have to control those emotions, hold back, you know, if someone talks down to you, you're like, ah, there's just words I can move on, but I can take those emotions in the way I feel to the gym <laughs> and I can work on the technique and eventually get to take that word and fight somebody down the line and get paid for it rather than fight the dude <laughs> at the gas station and right. go, and go, go back to prison. So, uh, for on things, and you know, I just uh, for MMA, I'm able to free my mind, and you know, just it goes back to being open-minded and learning all techniques. And I, I guess, I, how I foolish really, of me to think that you were just fighting the guy in the cage. You were also fighting the guy at that gas station yesterday night, and uh, I don't think he much appreciated <laughs> yeah. that giant knee you threw in the second round. <laughs> I was gonna say he yeah. should know about your leg kicks before mm-hmm. he gets too lippy at the gas station. <laughs> right, you know, you get these people on the freeway and people drive crazy, you know, you pull next to them, you got people doing their eyebrows in the mirror, and you're like, damn, dude, you know, you're driving a, you're, you're driving a 35-pound, like a 35-pound machine, you know, you could you're, kill all of us, but I don't know, man, I just, I'm yeah. thankful for MMA and I'm thankful for martial arts. And uh, Dude, I love this. I love that this is a, this is Tim Means calling everybody out, all of you bad drivers, Tim Means is letting you know that he's not just fighting whoever the fuck the (laughs) UFC puts in the cage. He's looking at you, guy, who's eating a McMuffin in 405 traffic. Start calling out their license plates on TV. (laughs) Be like, you, buddy. 
You. <laughs> I'm going to kick I, the shit out of this guy because he signed up for it, but I just want you to think about what's on the other end of this. Right, guess, exactly. Tim, and you, we're in different places in our lives here, uh, but I know that for you, is there ever a temptation to, like, if somebody doesn't bag your groceries correctly and they just talk some weird shit to you, do you ever want to just drop them a card to your gym and be like, what are you doing Tuesday at 4? You, yeah, you ever no, tried uh, boxing before? You should, you, <laughs> I got a ring. We um, can just go there. I did get business cards made for that reason, but it's not <laughs> like when – it's not like if somebody's like bagging my groceries or they're working or something. Like yeah. It could kind of be like a thing where like I'm walking down an aisle and I'll be like, hey, man, how are you? And they'll just ignore you and walk by you. And then you got to be like, well, is dude mentally ill or, you know, like just say hello, you know? Like you just kind of want to wonder big... about the person that you're walking by, you know? Yeah. Not a big UFC fan, I guess. Jesus. Jeez. Yeah, you know. Just walking like, hey, by pro fighter Tim Means, dickhead. Yeah, you <laughs> say I. Not even a UFC fan, just a good human being saying, like, how are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, how, what's going on, you know? But people just seem so grumpy anymore, you know? I, I, I don't know. It, it's a thing I look at. Yeah, look at these people. We live amongst each other, but, uh, you know, like old school days when I was right with my grandparents or my mom or my parents back in the day, everyone waved to one another, you know? Hi, how are you? You don't see that really anymore. I don't know if that's because there's a lot more people or if uh, just common courtesy is gone. But, you know, you like to see more of those hello and thank yous and see young men hold the doors for older ladies and stuff. You don't see a lot of that. And uh, Note you try to kind of instill, instill the values, you know? Don't flip off Tim Means at the grocery store. Got it. Chase okay. you, chase you, you down. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a whispering of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great T-shirt. <laughs> Whispering of lifetime. Tim means it's just him beating the hell out of you. Um, which martial art did you fall in love with? Well, I'm also curious. Um, which one did you fall in love with? And do you train everything now? Do you train striking, jujitsu, wrestling? What, what all do you train? Um, you know, I started out as a wrestler. I wrestled in high school, and uh, the only thing I really knew how to do when I first started fighting was throw a left hand and shoot a takedown, you know, get on top of you and hit you. And uh, I got away from that. Like, I really enjoyed boxing and kickboxing and just uh, I'm going to own the center of the ring uh, portion of it. We're going to battle for this ground, you know. So, like, I, I really, really respected that. And uh, I constantly train jits and wrestling, and er every day we do it. We shoot box. We do all this every day. But uh, for some reason in my head, I'm just not using it, and I'm not – I'm only wanting to stay on my feet and throw – throw combinations rather than be aware of I need to scramble and, you know, uh, hit sweeps and, you know, set up my own triangles and arm bars and uh, just mainly just creating scrambles, man, creating scrambles and moving, having high cardio. But uh, for some reason, I've I, I just been staying on my feet and wanting to knock people out and or <laughs> try to knock people out. But um, it doesn't always get the win, and it's not being a selfish fighter. And uh, I have the job. I have the only job pretty much that being selfish is okay. You know, the more selfish you are, the better off you are in the fight, you know, or my job. And uh, um, I just need to start thinking like that. That's awesome. And to bring it full speed, did you know you had won? Did you think it, as the bell rang last night, UFC Fight Night 12, you had had yeah. the, the decision? Yes. That was the first time since I knocked out Justin Salas that I was like, I won that fight, you know? That's the awesome. I knew I got him taken down and held down, and they didn't do nothing with the positions, you know? They just held on. And 
You know, like I felt like when I fought Masvidal, I was the one delivering the shots, you know, the elbows and blocking shots and doing the dirty boxing. Like, I understand we're on our, on our back, but you can dirty box on your feet. How come you're not allowed to dirty box in that position? Just start dudes on top and getting the crap elbowed out of him and busted and bleeding. He's winning. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. But I need to start seeing what look at how other people look at it, and the guy on top holding on on top is is winning. So uh, just I create those scrambles and get free. Yeah, don't you're talking to the right crowd about the whole they reward the the not ground and pound, just the ground hold, the ground and hold a little too much. Raph and I feel well. I feel I don't mean to. I mean, I I do understand what Kevin's saying here. Tim, just to give you some background, Kevin's notoriously terrible at figuring out how fights work. That's not Uh, Which is problematic for doing this podcast. Kevin's (laughs) the only person who can look at a decision and go, uh, 30-26. And you go, huh? All right. Yeah. Good work, Kevin. Uh, I will say this, Tim. This this has been a, a big area of concern for us here on the podcast. Every time I refer to your name, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my own politeness or or just my own grammar, but I always want to use your nickname as Tim Means Well. And it's just because it sounds like it's an incomplete sentence. But your actual nickname is The Dirty Bird. How did that come together? Tim Means Well like sounds sensitive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to make you a sensitive <laughs> fighter. I'm just trying to say, like, especially when you have a co-host like Kevin, where you go, well, Kevin, you know, he means well. He just, he has some issues. But for me, that's the joking side. And that's always when I'm writing jokes about fighters. But for you, where did the dirty bird come from? Because I think that in itself is a different kind of funny kind of nickname. Um, I had dyed my hair for one of my first fights. Um, I was 18, young. I dyed it. And it was supposed to be red, but it came out like a hot pink color. And it was most of the time like half the top of my head. And it was like a light pink color. And uh, a buddy said I look like a dirty bird, or a, fight, a teammate said I look like a dirty bird. And just this stuff is what they started calling me. <laughs> so that one action all of those years ago now has has continued to progress. Has there ever been a, a moment where now, I mean, now that I know the backstory to it, have you ever wanted to change it, or have you just embraced the dirty bird? Um, you know, Tim means, means business was, was there. My, my coach Arlene was calling me that way before it, anyone came up with those little monikers or oh, yeah, uh, business little things, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, Dirty Bird, I, I thought it was cool, and no one no one had it, you know. No one had the nickname, you know. I was 18 when it, 18 or 17, something like that when I first got the name. And uh, I was like, yeah, the Dirty Bird sounded, I don't know, kind of rugged. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I just, I just, I just stuck with it, with it, and mainly just everyone started calling me. So it was just kind of something that just, it just started flowing, and I, it just happened. That's awesome. You know, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask Tim is yesterday, Bobby Green had a a big win as well, uh, and you you have a, I believe, a win over Bobby Green. Am I correct in this? Uh, yeah, you know, his his brother reminded me a few times while we were out there that I finished him back in the day, but. <laughs> um, um, you know, Bobby Green, he's an entertainer and he likes to, uh, do the talk and wiping the sleeves and all that good stuff. Mm. Um, I, I thought him and Josh talked a little too much in that fight. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy for him that he got the win, but it didn't seem like they were out there to hurt each other really, really, really fight. You know, they were just kind of talking and high-fiving and doing all that stuff. And just, that's just not my style. So. 
that's off of the entertaining part. Like, not, not everybody can do that, and that's cool. But uh, looking at it as a fight game, you know, the, I, I think you have to be a little bit more violent, um, I guess is the word. Is so what, yeah. if they end up uh, signing a rematch, A, is that something you'd be interested in? And B, uh, should we suspect that there'd be more talking in that one to play it up for the TV cameras then? For those guys to to fire for me and Bobby. I'm Green saying for you and Bobby Green is that is uh, is a rematch something you'd be interested in or you know I mean now that's it's a, it's a different done deal but um let's you know, just say in a Green, Green, Green's a cool guy and you know that that's the fight they wanted to come with you'd have to come to 170 to see me and uh, you know there if people I can talk shit if you want people want trash talk I can do all that that's fine but um mainly. Uh, I'm just willing to fight anybody, you know, and if that's what Coach Tom Bond and the UFC wanted, hell yeah. Sweet. So who who do you have in mind right now? Or do you even have somebody in mind, I guess, a day after? Now you know you've got a win in your bag. You're looking at what's next for you. You know, have you even started to think about future opponents? Um, you know, I haven't. I got I got asked this last night. This is just kind of the chill time right now, where everything's mellow and it's at a standstill, a halt. Everything's been going crazy for the last ten or eleven weeks. You know, just constantly grinding, uh, constantly thinking about this fight. And uh, I'm looking just to kind of sit and idle, uh, go get my hand X-rayed. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Go get my hand X-rayed and uh, uh, just kind of do all that good stuff and uh, just just be in the moment. I wasn't being in the moment, but my first in the UFC, I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, I, I sit back and thought, man, I've been working my butt off. So, um, mm-hmm. right now I'm not really going to think of an opponent, but whoever Tom Vaughn, Coach Tom says, and uh, Joe Silva says, um, I'll be there. There you go. I like that you're you're ready to go. We'd love to see you back. But we do have to ask before we um, before we let you have your night, what do you spend? Like, there's got to be a Tim Means hobby. What do you spend these next two to three weeks as you finally get to breathe doing a little bit more than you get to while you're fighting? Um, when Brenda's not making me pull weeds, Brenda's my fiance, <laughs> by the way. She's boxing here in like three weeks up in Canada. Oh, nice. Hey. So, uh, yeah, she's tough. She's like a cooler physique than me. It's, it, it sucks when she wears like little muscle shirts. I have to wear a long sleeve. I'm like, <laughs> shit. You know, but, uh, you know, she's, she's a super tough fighter and she's a hard worker, but, uh, when she's not making me pull the weeds, you know, uh, I could sit there. I watched all of Dexter not too long ago, sit there and ate peanut butter and, uh, something else is delicious. I ate, uh, that almond spread, that chocolate, that chocolate almond spread. Hey, and yeah, watched, yeah. Yeah. I watched Sons of Anarchy and, uh, just kind of blitzed through some TV shows, but. You know, Nutella. I like fish and all that good stuff, but that's yeah. my main go-to hobby in between practices, just watching some TV shows. Hell yeah! Tim, I like that know, he's he does what we do on like a Saturday night when we're yeah. Upset. I was like, yeah, Tim, <laughs> he eats fighting, feet of it. I was I put away half of what you mentioned just while you were fighting, but uh, Tim, <laughs> for us, you know, one thing that always interests me, they showed a picture of Robbie Lawler destroying cupcakes. And in and out yesterday. What is your post fight meal? What is your post fight like cheat to yourself? What happens today, I guess? Um, it's usually just kinda of random, you know. I wanted to snatch some some ice cream up right away, but we went and got some pizza. 
and that was badass. We had some garlic, pepperoni, and sausage on it. Gave me heartburn right away, but it was good. <laughs> uh, when, I, I, when I got here, I, they had me uh, Oreos waiting, you know, the birthday cake Oreos. Oh, and, those are uh, I, I There was a wedding. One of the cousins had a wedding last night, so uh, there is half half the cake out there, so I'll be getting down on that here, here, here soon. Damn, man. That's... We got some milk in there. That's the best. I'm not kidding you when I say this. We had somebody who showed up at poker this week. They brought these birthday cake Oreos. The whole crew, and I had never really chowed down on them, but the whole crew of us at poker make fun of this guy until we eat them. And then this guy became the biggest hero at the poker table. We were all like, we were fools. This Oreo frosting with funfetti bullshit in the middle, delicious. They are good. I just had them for the first time just now. Like I just been eating the really? regular Oreos, but they were yeah, they were good. I just had them. That's it's pretty cool that you said that. They're delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Life changing. You feel stupid having any other Oreo now. This is really helpful. I guys. really, I really feel like I've been missing out on something exciting. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, the birthday cake filling Oreos for those who would like to send them to both Tim Means and Rafa Sparza for free. Again, <laughs> Oreo. Or if Oreo's interested in a sponsorship, we'd love to do yeah. a read. I'm sure Tim's interested. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying. Oreo. Oreo, where you at, homie? <laughs> Come yeah. on. The dessert of champions. That's what they could call it. That would no, be fantastic. Want, you can pay me in Oreos. We're cool. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't tell them that. That's, that's the worst thing you can do, Tim. I was like, Tim, we need to talk sponsorship and, and how you go about them, my friend. Just send right. me Oreos. That's another – that'll be the second good T-shirt. Well, Tim, you also – you were saying one of your sponsors is one of my favorite. They they make some really cool grappling gear. Um, Hayabusa. Yeah, yeah. They, they they picked me up for this fight, and it was pretty cool. That's badass. Do you get like a catalog of things, or they just send you the care package? How does that work? Um, They sponsored me for my first stint, sending me like a backpack and some gloves and stuff stuff like that but uh they were they were paying me a couple hundred bucks every fight so you know um it, it's not a lot by any means but anytime you get something for free you're like yeah that's cool man absolutely you try to wear it as long as you can you know like i yeah, I, I wore those gloves for so long where uh, i finally had to retire them but mm-hmm. you know well i mean dude we too. we know the the plight of the the mma thing where hey man Every little bit helps because they aren't paying you guys nearly enough as they should be. Yeah, you know, um, as long as I can go get in the right fights, man, I can make the right type of money. And and when I say that, it's about getting them bonuses. And uh, Dana White goes back there. He gives you the the whole speech and and the the whole rundown um, right after weigh-ins, you know, tells you who he's going to pay. doesn't say who he's going to pay 50 grand too, but he'll tell you, you know, the win bonuses, what he's going to give them for. And, you know, it's just about getting in those right fights and getting the money. So, yeah. um, it, it, it's really going to come down to me on if I can, uh, kind of, I guess, build a little bit of a fan base and have people ask to see me want to fight. And when I show up, show up and fight. And I feel I can do that at 170 and 155 was holding me back. And I was putting too much of my middle, my middle thought into just making weight. And yeah. I still had to fight the next day and not feel good and just not, 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 do good, you know. So yeah, um, I, I'm excited about what's coming. You know, we got this, we got this W at 170, and you know, I knocked out Sprat violently. I beat up Arkinis at 170. Um, I just kind of had a lackluster fight with Magny. The dude has a damn 
javelin for a damn jab. You can't find it out. So that's a whole other issue, you know. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's cool, long. and I'm happy. I'm happy to run into that art, that adversity, man, and just really see what other tools I need to come up with to uh, uh, dictate the pressure. You know, I think one of my front kicks. I think last night I, I buckled um, um, Hernani's arm and wind up. I felt it click and break. You know, and mm. you know it's just. As long as I keep pressure up like that, you know, I can get a lot of these fights to go in my favor. Well, you hear that, Verbal Tap listeners and audiences? Get behind this man so he can make some more cash and give you some more exciting fights. Come watch me fight. Yeah. (laughs) That's a a great dare. Let's make a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, that's all I ask. You don't don't judge a book by its cover. Just come watch. And then if you don't like me, then fine. At least you tried me, you know? Shit. Jesus. (laughs) He's even polite in his face, asking you guys to come see him fight. It's not even a calling out people. It's just a literal like, no, but for real, see me fight and make an educated decision from there, people. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you have to go like, oh, my God, he's fighting this guy. Okay. Cool. He's fighting that guy. That's the only way you get noticed. Like, you don't follow in the crowd, everybody. Just come make a decision. Okay, I'm going to give it a try. If I don't like it, I'm going to put it back. You know, it's that type of thing. But everyone follows yeah. in the path of, oh, my God, have you seen this dude? Mm. Silly. But yeah. just come watch. Love it. Absolutely. And, Tim, did you have any other sponsors we could give a shout-out? Yeah, let me uh, – I got them written down, so I'm actually doing better than I was earlier. Well done. But, uh, you know, you always forget one, and you're like, dang it. But, uh, yeah, Hayabusa, TKOVapor.com, Damage Control Mouth Guards, uh, Trick Cottony, uh Paralegal, Ultimate Sports Nutrition, uh, or no, it's uh, Unleashed Sports Nutrition, I'm sorry. Lexani Wills and Fulmer Helmets. Boom. Badass. Boom. Boom, man. Always love to my team at City HB. You're with me when I win or lose, and that's what's important. Well, Tim, we can't tell you how much we love having you on the podcast first of all you've got a really interesting story that explains a lot about the the fight determination we see when you're in the cage we had a blast watching you fight last night and we will definitely have to have you back on the podcast in the near future yeah i appreciate it guys thanks for talking to me thanks so much verbal tap listeners mr tim means fresh off a ufc victory congrats tim yeah thank you guys Raph Esparza, Tim Means on the podcast. Cool interview. Cool guy. I didn't know a lot of his backstory. Mm. It's really interesting. He's, I mean, always been a good fighter, but uh, really cool to get to hear, I guess, some of the stuff and some of the reasons why. Yeah. Can't wait to see him fight again, which I have uh, a lot of confidence will be very soon. Raph, that's going to do it for us here tonight on the Verbs Tab Seas, which means it's time for shout outs. I like it. <laughs> I can't believe you let me get away with verb tapsies. Hey, I'll it's, go ahead. You and... still know how dumb you are when you say it, so I feel a little more, little more redeemed by it. But go ahead. True. All right, I'm going to start off with an oldie but a goodie. Bubba the Menace McDaniel, first Yay! of all, wins inside the cage. Yay! Obviously noteworthy and congrats worthy. Also, 
Finally, I paid up on our UFC over under Kevin Bet and gave him his uh, promo video. And, Raph, I'm not going to say that's what caused him to win. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to have him come on and tell us what mm-hmm. it was. But I feel like it definitely was a big part. Do you think – am I overreaching? I don't know what the effects of Japanese kabuki-esque makeup have on <laughs> – fighters fighting abilities but i'm sure we could commission a study for it Uh, from your lips to god's ears i think that definitely has to happen uh conrad pete dia also won his fight yay this weekend always good to see our our friends in the cage doing great things had some great 50 50 attacks and transitions this week from andrew over at bjj and mma academy out in chantilly va if you ever need to find us just plug in the zips Get, plug in your zip code <laughs> on BJJ Finder, the app that is the premier jiu-jitsu school locator. Um, don't have me explain it to you. It'll take three years and be hard to understand, but otherwise, you should be able to get it. Uh, Going to throw a shout-out. I'm going to start giving shout-outs to people from my gym as well, Raph. Yeah, Mostly do. as an accountability factor to see if they're oh. listening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lead off with Marcus White. Doing great things. Always, he's one of those people that trains. He uh, gives you 140% of the strength he has. Always. It's fantastic. Um, always helping me stay focused on training. So, Marcus, shout out to you, sir. And that's going to do it for me, Ref. <laughs> I'm, I'm so enthralled. Shut up. I don't with... know what you're going to say. But you... Oh, Kevin, you don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Let me speak. Speak first before you judge me as a human being, Kevin. I was just about to comment on your wonderful command of the English language when it comes to talking about things that you already know, like BJJ Finder. <laughs> I've got skill. So hey, they call me Kevin Cold Reed Phillips. Oh, God. Please don't ever call him that. Uh, I will start off with a compliment to you, Kevin. Uh, what you may not know is when your teammates or your friends contact me i usually always end with a comment that says please beat up kevin for me and it's a pretty consistent rule it doesn't matter who it is they've dropped me notes that said oh oh man i like your podcast or oh you guys are cool and i always end with beat kevin up for me and uh this week andrew correa who is the not only the head instructor of Kevin over at BJJ and MMA Academy, but also our good friend over from BJJ Finder sends me a note and we talk for a little while and I end with, do me a favor, beat Kevin up. And he goes, I don't know, man, he's getting tough. So compliment to you, Kevin. Hey, yeah. Thank you. I'll take it. You're welcome. I thought you, you deserved a good recognition, not for your command of the English language. Oh God. But, but jujitsu. But for ju- well, for showing up, I think <laughs> better yeah. aspect can't keep me out. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this week over at Valley Martial Arts Center. The and Kev is is really giving it the the due props it deserves because this week we celebrated our three year anniversary as a gym, and. I got to tell you, Kev, we had the best surprise I think we, we could have dished out. Um, our good friend, Carlos Estrada, he was getting his blue belt today. That's awesome. It was awesome. Now, we also had an open mat before we 
did the actual, uh, I guess, acknowledgement slash party. And there was going to be some downtime of about an hour. And Carlos, when he's rolling with me, and he's, he's a great training partner, he just goes, all right, Raph, uh, you want to train again? I go, yeah. He goes, I don't think I'm coming back at 4.30, so I want to get in all I can right now. And I go, okay, cool. And over on the side, I find out he's going to be getting his blue belt. And I go, oh, my God, he's not coming back. <laughs> you guys have to make sure he's coming back to get his blue belt. And uh, this is the actual story. So that's just the, the preface to it all. So Carlos comes over, and everybody is super excited to see him. So if you don't think something's going on, you should get the feeling that maybe, uh-oh, something's up. But Carlos has no clue. But everybody's walking over him and like, good to see you, Carlos. Oh, man, it's so good to see you. What's up, man? And he's just kind of like, hey, what's up, everybody? Cool, I came late, I know. <laughs> so our instructor, Marcelo, pulls him over and he goes, he goes, hey, 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 come here, come here real quick. And Carlos goes, uh, okay. He goes, you came late, now do a burpee. Carlos, he just does the burpee. And he goes, okay, I guess so. All right, I did the burpee. And the time it takes him to get up from the burpee, they throw the blue belt over to Marcelo, who then wraps it around him. And he starts looking at all of us like, you guys, <laughs> you, you guys. And uh, it couldn't happen to a better training partner. So we were all super happy. And uh, he was truly humbled. He tells me afterwards, he goes, I had no clue. No clue this was happening. And uh, for your teammates, that's all you can ever wish for is to see him so happy like that. So to Carlos, we want to say congratulations. Super well-deserved. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad you made it back because if you hadn't have come back, it would have been a giant bummer for us to have this blue belt that we didn't give this. <laughs> or if we had gotten to the point where we got too drunk and we didn't actually acknowledge you, I guess it really would have been awkward. Be like, ooh, yeah, we were supposed to give him that. So really uh, funny. my thanks to him, all the good people at Valley Martial Arts Center, we got to do a quick uh, – demonstration i guess of what we do in jiu-jitsu to people who have never been there before so we got to show moves i got to go around and help people um which is awesome so my thanks to everybody there congratulations on three years the best place to train in los angeles without question i will fight you if you say otherwise i may not fight you well but i will fight you if you say any otherwise uh let's talk about some other stuff let's talk about the fact i want to thank hicks and gracie i want to thank him and tony pachensky uh, for hooking me up with a great interview with him it was kevin the truly coolest. a highlight yeah. it is um it is something that i feel we'll get a good interview out of or at least a, an article and uh, we wish them a lot of success you know uh whether you agree with the stalling or with you're one of those guys who, who doesn't quite feel that that's the right way. You've got tournaments now that you can make choices. So I think at the very least it's getting a great conversation going in the community. And do what you feel, you guys. If you feel better with one rule set, try them. But don't be afraid to try another one. So that, that's our plug for them. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this week I got to get trained with uh, Brent Berniston again. Kev, uh, we have subconscious jiu-jitsu. And uh, I mentioned a little earlier on the podcast, he was really cool to train with again, but we trained with two, uh, two periods straight, right? So I roll with him for a, a, a bit, one might say. And at the end of it, I had a really nice talk with him where he was saying all of the things I was doing right and giving me some great positive feedback and stuff that I, I can really, really do. And I think the trick about Brent that makes him so good is he makes you believe that you can do 
a lot of stuff in jiu-jitsu. That is one of his greatest gifts. So uh, he didn't have to take that much time out to talk with me, but he did. And that's how connected he is to his students. And of his students, I'd also like to shout out Mitch Scott, who Kevin, do you ever have this? Do you have a person that you wish you could train with on a regular basis that you visited other academies? Absolutely. Uh, what is it that you look for in somebody who trains like that? What is it that you miss most about it? Just someone that kind of matches you. They they always have that ability to draw out some cool transitions, mm-hmm. and you just find yourself kind of going a different direction that you don't get, and it's 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 a cool feeling. I like That's the fact, and in, in this exact same way. Uh, uh, Mitch and I complement each other's styles very well. So that's something that is really great because you don't feel like you have to outmuscle anything. It, it's all technique, and that's what I really like about rolling with him. So my thanks to him and the good people over at Subconscious. And uh, I, you know what, man? I'm looking forward to some projects. I want to thank Joey Diaz for being on our podcast last week. And uh, we've got a big thing that we're doing. I did a great interview with him that's going to be written up as well. And uh, I've got some projects lined up this week. If you guys are actually in the Roland Heights area, Zandi Ribeiro is putting together an amazing seminar that's going to be at Higher Ground Jiu-Jitsu that's going down Wednesday, the 30th. I will be there and we'll be recording some footage of it. So come say hi to me and beat me up. And uh, our good friend Ryan Fortin is going to be in town and uh, we may be filming something within the next day. So keep a lookout for that as well. So, yeah, thanks, everybody. Big things happening over here at the Verbs Tabcast. Follow us on Facebook at Verbal Tabcast. Follow us on Twitter at Verbal Tabcast. Instagram, whatever. You can find us YouTube at Verbal Tabcast. For all these fun interviews we're offering, please leave us a little five-star rating over there on iTunes if that's where you're downloading the podcast. Five stars. Five stars. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good Great one, Thank you. I learned it from interviewing with somebody this week.